Blog Talk Radio.
But there are ways to, to have these kinds of things set up using other types of legal documentation, you know, like deeds and contracts or domestic partnerships, powers of attorney, various estate planning tools, health directives, and all of that. So then it may not be necessary to be legally married. But is marriage just about legal things? <laughs> I mean, what is your your definition of marriage? Of course, I've asked you know many women this question, and mostly the answer I get is that marriage is having a companion in a monogamous relationship and sharing your life together, and that usually implies sharing you know all of your physical assets, your money. <laughs> your body, your time, your hopes, your plans, your dreams for the rest of your life. Um, but today, if, there, if it's a case of life partners, and because a lot of couples just live together, um, it's best if you're going to just live together to have no commingling of funds, especially if there are children involved because... A children's inheritance needs to be protected. And when a man who has children legally, he has his own children, and then he marries again and commingles his funds with a new wife, this jeopardizes not only his children's inheritance rights, but also the father's ability to provide for his own children in a manner in which he is able to. Okay, so with the couple that's that I uh, did the commitment ceremony for, there was no commingling of funds. They each contributed to their relationship on their own. I mean, the bride's life and uh, her children were provided for by her husband who had passed. And the groom was independent and self-sufficient himself. He's an engineer, and he is beginning to develop his career as a musician. And you should have seen the diamond ring he gave to her in the ceremony. I mean, it was gorgeous. I I estimate it was probably at least a three-carat diamond solitaire in a platinum setting. I met him first when he was visiting at my neighbor's house one evening, and I heard this music coming out of the apartment, you know. So I went, I walked by, and the door was open, and I saw uh, the groom and uh, my neighbor, and they're just playing their hearts out. I mean, Bob was on the guitar, and the other guy was on the bongos. So I knocked on the door, and they invited me in and gave me a personal concert. And so naturally, I started talking about doing weddings, and I asked him, uh, the groom, if he would ever be interested in playing guitar for my weddings. And he said, well, yes, I would love to. So he came, and he played his very first paid-for gig for me. <laughs> Do you know now he's in a regular group that plays every weekend at a one of our local um, hot spots here in Orange County? And he's discovered that this is his passion. He just loves playing the guitar. He was self-taught, so now he's t- taking some lessons. And um, I feel like I helped him unleash this talent that he has. And he's on a path towards living his life one day totally just in his passion. And I prophesied, I said, you know what, Bob, someday you're going to be famous. <laughs> now, he had met Ellie five years ago, and it was love at first sight. 
and um, they are, like I said, they're of different cultures, and she's a little older, but none of that seems to matter because there is a saying, you know, that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And when they beheld one another, there was an immediate recognition of truth and beauty and a knowing that they were supposed to be together. And that's what they wanted to celebrate with all of their family and friends. So their invitation said, please join us as we celebrate our love and devotion to one another on Saturday, August 9th at 12 o'clock in the afternoon in the gazebo in Laguna Beach, California. Reception to follow. So I wanted to write to you what I wrote for their ceremony. I said, greetings, ladies and gentlemen. On behalf of Ellie and Bob, I'd like to welcome you and thank you for coming today. We've gathered together to celebrate love, dedication, commitment, sharing, and caring by publicly acknowledging and celebrating Ellie and Bob's manifested desire to live together in the presence of God, in the presence of one another, and in the presence of all of you, their family and friends, as life partners while they are here on earth. All of us need to love and to be loved, and the highest form of love between a man and a woman is in a a monogamous relationship, where neither one now has any desire to be with anyone else. And Bob and Ellie are now and have been living together in this highest form of love now for five years. So then we did their vows, and after the vows, we did the shell ceremony. Now, when everyone arrived, my assistant gave each person a shell and told them to hold it. And then I said to the guests after the vows, Ladies and gentlemen, Ellie and Bob have now shared with you their devotion to one another and their desire to live together as life partners for the rest of their life. And if you believe in their love and you would like to give a blessing to their sacred union, would you please speak your blessing into the shell that you are holding? And then please come up and personally give your shell to Ellie and Bob by placing it into the keepsake container that they are now holding. And then I watched as every single person there, even the men, closed their eyes and spoke to the shell. And then each person came up and not only put their shell into the keepsake container, but they also spoke aloud their wishes for Ellie and Bob's happiness to them personally as well. It was a time of such tender sharing of love So perhaps today in these times, if you're living together with someone, is it time for you to consider the purpose of your relationship? I mean, why are you living together? Do you desire to be life partners for the rest of your life? Does your relationship say to all of your friends and family, we are totally and completely devoted to one another in a pure and true monogamous relationship? And if this is true, why don't you consider having a sacred commitment ceremony with all of your family and friends? I mean, perhaps a legal marriage isn't right for you, but having a sacred ceremony could be. 
there's a congressman who was proposing that we not have legal marriages anymore, but that couples should sign a lease. <laughs> I mean, you know what? We lease apartments, and we sign leases to buy a car. I I guess in the case of one, if a person doesn't want to re-sign the lease, there would have to be some sort of a provision for any children of the union. I don't know how we'd work that out. What about the man whose wife's gotten big and fat and won't have sex with him anymore? Do you think he would re-sign the lease? What about the woman who's with a philanderer? Guy's never been faithful during the marriage. Do you think she'd re-sign her lease? You know, years ago, I had an experience I kind of want to share with you. It involved an agreement that I made with a man for 60 days. Now, here's how it happened. I had just ended a relationship, and my mindset was that I just wasn't going to see anybody for a while. I would just, you know, go on with my writing career. I had a small writing office in San Diego, and I did resumes and advertising brochures and business letters and teacher evaluations and, you know, anything that a person needed to have written for them. So it was Thursday, the day of the week, when there was this big singles place at a nice hotel. They'd have snacks and music and dancing. It was a well-known place in town. Lots of singles went there. And all day that day, I kept hearing, go to the Pavillon tonight. That was, that was the name of the place. And I, all day long, I said, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going tonight. I'm not ever going again. So this went on all day. And I thought, fortunately for me, I had a client come in late, and the time it took to get the information to help her out, it took me past the time where I could go to the singles place. So I said to myself, see there, I'm not, I'm not going to go. I can't get there in time before, the close, before it closes. But the voice said, go to the pavillon. You can get there before it closes. So I said, okay, just to shut you up, I'm going to go. Well, I got there when it was just 10 minutes before closing. And the instant I walked in the door, this fellow just flashes across the room, even as I stepped my first foot across the threshold of the entrance, put his arm around my waist and said, want to dance? And he pulled me out onto the floor. And we danced for 10 minutes. The music that was playing was the song Lady in Red. And I was wearing a red dress. And at the end of the song, he said, Want to go to dinner? There's a steakhouse across the street. So I said, Okay. And while we were at dinner, he said he was an engineer and he was in charge of the manufacture of a part that was needed to satisfy a contract his company had with the government. And he was from Florida, had never been to California before, and there were just all kinds of things to do and places to go that he would like to do, to go and see and do while he was here. And would I like to go to the highlight games with him and Tijuana with him on Saturday? So I said, well, okay. That sounds fun. <laughs> so we made our plans to meet up at the train station and take the train down so as to not even get a, get involved with those long car lines <clears throat> at the border crossing. It's just a lot simpler to go down uh, on the train. 
and then we could just take a cab to the High Life Stadium. So this all sounded good. So on Saturday, I met him at the train station, and we went to the Highlight Games in Tijuana. And he said, I'll pay for the bets, but you pick the winners. He said, you pick who we're going to bet on, and if we win, we'll split the money. So I said, okay, do you know that every single game I picked the winner? I mean, I knew absolutely nothing about Highlight. <laughs> I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. It was just unbelievable. And we made $400. So as we were going back to the train, he gladly counted out my $200 and put the other $200 in his pocket. And then while we were on the train heading back to San Diego, he said, I have to tell you something. And here's what he said. I am married, and I have a 14-year-old son, and I am committed to raising my son and seeing that he has every advantage to be successful in his life. So I am committed to my marriage for now. I'm going to be in San Diego for 60 days, and I can't go home during this time because I'm in charge of three shifts that we've got running to get this part made to fulfill this government contract that my company has that is billions of dollars. Will you stay with me for these 60 days? And then when I leave, I will go back to Florida, and we must never contact each other ever again, and we will never, ever see one another again. And I looked in his eyes, and I said, yes, I will. You know, those 60 days were the most wonderful days of my life. They're filled with wonderful memories. We just had so much fun. We went everywhere and did everything there is to do in Southern California. And we would cook together at his gorgeous oceanfront apartment in La Jolla that the company was providing for him. And we also ate out at all the restaurants in the area. He had an unlimited expense account. And we left. And we laughed, and we laughed, and we made love. As two people who were together in every way, it was the best sex I've ever experienced. And it seemed like we were in our own special field where there wasn't any time or space. It had no limitations. It was boundless in our capacity to enjoy and experience each other. There were no interferences no baggage from past interactions, no memories of past traumas or hurts or bags full of resentments or abuses, lies or times of misunderstanding. There were just no triggers, no buttons that could be pushed. We were free, just two people who chose to be together for 60 days and to love and to be loved. And at the end of the 60 days, I packed my bags, and we went into the living room and sat down on the sofa and held one another. And then he pushed me back and looked in my eyes, and he had tears in his eyes, and he said, this isn't fair because this, this wasn't supposed to happen. He says, I've fallen in love with you. And I said, and I love you, and this has been wonderful. But now I release you, and I send you back to that precious boy who deserves to have his mom and his dad there to get him launched 
and to make sure that he has every advantage to get out there in this big old bad world and make it, just like his dad has. But I will never forget you, and I promise to never contact you or to ever see you again, but I will never forget you. And to this day, you know, when I hear that song, Lady in Red, I can go into those days of our being together, and I feel such happiness. Now, there's just would be a lot of people I know who would judge the situation and say how wrong it was, and it was wicked, and he broke his vows, and all the other things I'm hearing a lot of you say right now. But I have to tell you that if I had this to do over again, I would do exactly the same thing. We were meant to be together for those 60 days. I believe it was ordained and had been given to us as a special gift. It was outside of third-dimensional time and space, and it's forever recorded in the Akashic Records as an example of how relationships are supposed to be. One afternoon at the beach, I was waiting to start a wedding, and I was talking to the one of the guests that said he wasn't a lawyer and specialized um, in divorce. And jokingly, I said, I've thought about having a divorce ceremony <laughs> with all the family and friends of the couple. And the couples would make their vow to dissolution the Mary, but promise to continue to be faithfully the mother and the father to the children. And he laughed, and he said, sometimes the most important thing is the dog. <laughs> he says he said couples fight ferociously about the pets. Who gets the pets? Pet visitation. Who pays the vet bills? Who gets them on vacation? Just ridiculous stuff, he said. He didn't think a divorce celebration ceremony would work. He said his clients are full of anger, bitterness, scorn, hatred, and revenge. So let's think about that for a minute, because I've been working with a client who is starting a dating relationship, and she says the man she is dating is so angry about his ex-wife that he keeps saying she ruined his life. This man is now 60 years old, and this experience with his ex-wife was back when he was 20 years old. So for 40 years, he's been living with this hatred. His story is that he had started college to pursue his plan to go to law school and be a lawyer. So he meets her, and they had sex. And he says she intentionally got pregnant. And his mother, who was a good Christian woman, marched him to the altar to marry this woman. So he had to quit college and go to work to support her and the baby that he didn't want. And he was stuck in a grind of a job to provide a home and support for this woman he didn't love and her baby. Well, needless to say, this marriage didn't last, and eventually they were divorced. Well, I asked my client if she thought he might be willing to come in for some counseling. I said, you know, if you're really interested in this man, you're going to want him to have this issue resolved before you enter into any permanent relationship with him. So she asked him, and he agreed to come to see me. So in several sessions, we looked at his life to figure out how it was ruined. 
because he had become very successful in his own business, which he developed himself, a business that offered office supplies to customers on a regular basis. And then on the side, he ran an antique store because he's always loved antiques and he has become quite an expert on them. So I asked him, how is your life ruined? And he said, he kept saying, I wanted to be a lawyer. So I said, well, why didn't you go ahead and go to law school then? Anyway, he said, I had to support my wife and the baby. So I said, well, what about after the divorce? Why didn't you go to law school then? And he said, well, I met another woman and I got married and had two more children. I said, well, then that was what you decided to do. You know, we create our life by the choices we make. Apparently, it was more important to you to get married again and to not be alone and have some more children. I mean, no one had a gun to your head the second time. No mother was marching you down the altar to marry this second woman. So he sat there, and I could see him struggling with this clarity. And finally, he said, well, that's right. I, I decided that for myself. And I do have two wonderful children that I love very much. So I said, well, my friend, this is where you can now begin to be thankful and grateful and release that old anger that's attached to just an excuse, really. That's all it is, an excuse you use to satisfy your ego as to why you aren't a lawyer. What's so wrong with selling all the supplies? You've earned a great living. You have provided a necessary service to happy customers who have depended upon you all these years. And they're grateful and thankful for you. So you can begin to be grateful and thankful that you were needed by the corporate commerce of this great country of ours. And you are grateful and thankful that you have three great kids. And I could just watch him as he sort of visibly softened, you know, like an invisible heart and rigid outline of a person began to dissolve and instead there began to be this soft and loving person there who was grateful and thankful (laughs) so i sent him back to my client time she came in to see me it was concerning when it was going to be time for them to be intimate so we developed a plan for them when they were going to be together especially now that there were times together that could involve intimacy, that they would stand in front of each other and look into each other's eyes, and then they would each take a step back. Now, this is so that each of them steps out of any other part of their past experiences that is not relevant to the present relationship. It just isn't fair to bring an ex-wife or an ex-husband into the present. When you're with a new person or any user or abuser from the past, the person you are with now in the present relationship didn't know your ex-wife or your ex-husband or that person who'd done you wrong. That person you're with now didn't have anything to do with any, any of that that happened back there. So as you step back, You consciously see yourself detaching from all past hurts, 
past betrayals, past grievances, past traumas, all memories of violation or lying, cheating, broken trust, and broken promises. And then I suggested that she take a pair of scissors. They each take a pair of scissors and cut, 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 cut all around the outside of each of their bodies, which would be cutting symbolically of cutting themselves free as they consciously detached from the past. And then, you know, after they had done this, then they could consciously, with their eyes open, looking deeply into each other's eyes, they would take their step back towards one another as a person who is now free to love and to be loved again in emotional freedom and then go into each other's arms. If you're going to be having intimacy, um, you need to decide about whether you're in uh, childbearing years or not. Because, um, and this was something I asked her, whether she was going to have him ejaculate his sperm inside of her. Um, Because it's the woman's responsibility to make sure that there's protection. I believe it has always been the woman's responsibility to make sure about protection. And there should never be any unplanned pregnancy. Pregnancy should always be planned between a man and a woman who love one another and who have made definite plans for that child to be totally committed to seeing that that child has every opportunity in his life to develop into an independent, self-sufficient, contributing adult member of our society. Now, if the woman is past her childbearing years, then she can have the option of allowing sex without protection. Of course, the man would prefer this. And this, and my client is past her childbearing years, so she could have unprotected sex. But I like to tell women that if a woman takes a man's semen inside of her, then that is pure protein, and it's going to go throughout your body and make tissue, bones and muscles and organs and blood. And now that man is going to be a part of you. And, that, and so a woman never wants to take the semen of a man inside of her that she isn't comfortable with or doesn't know very well or who's someone who has all sorts of damage and loads of baggage because that's what she's going to be taking inside of her. So um, <laughs> you could always pray over this before you start and ask for the semen to be purified and cleansed of all negative influences and only be a pure and true representation of the spiritual soul of the man. But it's still going to be a part of that man that's going inside of you. And that's why I think women feel like they belong, you know, to a man that they've had sexual relations with because that protein, it's pure protein, the semen is, and it becomes a part of you. Well, they did eventually have their um, intimacy, and she reported to me that he said to her after they um, were all done, he says, I think this is the first time I have ever made true love. 
He says, I think it's always just apparently been sex for me. What a difference. And she said she felt cherished and adored, and she felt <laughs> like she had been ravished, but in a totally good way. She said it was so absolutely powerfully wonderful, like he was loving her with his whole true self, untarnished and uncontaminated by anything of the past. Now, I have always said that a man wants the same thing that a woman wants. And on tomorrow's show, I'm going to give you the 15 reasons why Mr. Wright really wants to be married. As humans, we both have the same needs and desires, whether we're male or female. I mean, actually, we're both male and female in our created form. And somewhere along the DNA trail, eventually, either the male or the female will be dominant in us. But we are a curiously combined species that can relate together at many different levels and dimensions. And the more free of the past we are when we come together in any type of a relationship, whether it's casual or intimate, the more power of true love is going to be available to us and the less we will need to depend upon contracts and legal documents or prenups or post-ups or leases <laughs> or 60-day agreements. In the case of Bob and Ellie and the five years of their relationship, there has not been a single moment of temper or feelings of a rejection or abandonment or selfishness. There's just been trust and respect, loving and being loved. And in those 60 days I had with my guy from Florida, I experienced a bliss of being together, a man and a woman in our true selves, just having an absolutely wonderful time. So tonight was about looking at relationships, looking to find Mr. or Miss Wright, and be able to be with them in an environment, emotional freedom, with the opportunity to know what it feels like to be in union with someone in simplicity and purity and constancy. And until tomorrow, this is Marcianne, and I'm going to ring those bells. <laughs> ¶¶